for early morning uh, finagling to get these right up on the screen. We're talking about baptism today, and you can see right away the importance of baptism in the early church. As you look at the book of Acts, first thing they do in Acts 2, after Peter is done preaching and converting people, is they baptize them and their whole household. So even back then they were baptizing children. Um, But today we look at at chapter 10, starting at verse 34, and we hear this story about the Gentiles hearing the good news. Peter began to speak to them. 
I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every people anywhere who fears him and practices righteousness is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. That message spread through Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did in both Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And then the story of the baptism of Jesus as it comes through the book of Matthew. Preaching on the baptism of Jesus is always very interesting because in in the four Gospels, the story is told in vastly different ways, um, which always makes it tricky. But it's always also tricky because we hear that the skies open up and that the Father speaks down to the people or to Jesus and says, this is my beloved son. And we tie all of that to Jesus' divinity. And so when we think about being beloved children of God, that's not tied to our divinity. And it makes it a tricky thing. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But first I'm going to read from the third chapter of Matthew starting at the 13th verse. (coughs) And Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so for now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as Jesus came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With whom I am well pleased. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So if I look a little squirrely today, why does this keep going on? If I look a little squirrely today, it's because I spent the last three days with the Methodists. 
As a member of the campus Protestant Campus Ministry Board at West Liberty, um, Diane Neckerson, who you met here when she filled the pulpit for me once, um, the campus minister there, asked me to go with her um, to a retreat that was for campus ministers and college chaplains who are Methodist working in the state of West Virginia. And it was fun. I love campus ministers. I'm a product of campus ministry. I know that work very well. Um, I've done it and been in it on on lots of different levels. And so I had a really good time and I learned some really good things. There's a new personality test people are taking that I think will be helpful for our session. Um, There's a, um, the United Methodist Conference in West Virginia is doing I don't know what it's called. Fresh faces and new visions, new ideas and fresh leanings. Do stuff in a new way that's exciting. It's a whole campaign they're doing, and it's very, it's very cool. And, um, and it's also very interesting because the thrust of it all is that we need to be relational in ministry. And to me, that's very interesting because... Ever since the second chapter of the book of Acts, the church has been relational. And yet we're, we're pitching this as something that's new and exciting and vibrant. And it is! But it's also as old as the hills. Um, we did some interesting talk about assessment. And I, I learned that, actually, I, I invited all the Methodist pastors to defect over to the Presbyterian side. Um, Because I have never seen a group of people in my life that have so many assessments and evaluations as United Methodist ministers. It's just unreal. Every time they turn around, they have this assessment. So we talked about those tools. Um, But we also had time to talk about our successes in ministry and our failures in ministry, what kinds of good things are happening on campus and, and what kinds of other things are happening on campus. I met a man there who helped Dr. Elbin build the chapel at West Liberty. He founded the Protestant Campus Ministry at West Liberty in 1960. And he went from here and then spent the rest of his 47-year career being a campus minister at Fairmont State. And so that guy told some good stories. And so as we're talking and telling stories about what's important to us and what's important to students now, one of the guys who had been a campus minister for a very long time, both in Huntington and at Potomac State, said, I am always stunned by the number of students who come to me and say, I want to be baptized. And I don't, he said, I don't know why they want to be baptized. Because we don't worship like regular, you know, traditional churches do. But, but he said, I've had many, many students over the course of my ministry come to me and say, will you baptize me? And I said, well, first of all, you know, the non-traditional churches pay lots of attention to baptism. Some of you have been to some of the churches down the road know that I mean, some of you have actually said to me, I think their main emphasis is on baptism and very little else. 
And actually, if you listen to some of those pastors talk, they'll say, we have a lot of people who come in and get baptized, and then we don't ever see them again. Because for them, it seems like baptism is the pinnacle of what you're after. You know, Baptism Sunday is a big deal. And they'll baptize 20 or 30 people all in a row. They'll take them down to the river or the creek or, or if they're really West Virginians, the creek. And, or get them in a tub and, and dunk them. And they applaud and they cheer and it's great. And they'll tell you it's just like the angels singing in heaven. Rejoicing over this one soul who has come to Jesus. That's beautiful. They celebrate and give each other gifts and yay! And you, you love it. You see it, you're all pumped up, you hear their stories, it's exciting. And then they're done. For them, it's like graduating from high school or graduating from college. I made it. Hooray. Throw me a party. Leave the keys to the new car on the cabinet. For us, baptism is not that way. There are people in this congregation who are upset that this font sits right here. And the reason for that is because when we walk down here, it's in your way. It's supposed to be. Because for us, we understand that the start of everything we do lies right here in your baptism. And you shouldn't be able to get past this to anything else until you pay attention to your baptism. It is the first thing that happens. It is the first sign that we are marked by God. It is the first way that we become Christian. It was true in the early church. Whole families got baptized. And then they started to understand what it is follow Jesus because then they entered into discipleship Jesus himself started his ministry after being baptized by John in the Jordan because then he was filled by the Holy Spirit then he understood that there was forgiveness of sins offered then he was ready to step out And preach and teach and live and die. The early church would spend two years training people to be members of the church. And they would teach them scripture and they would teach them church history and they would teach them about Jesus. And then they would stick them, (laughs) literally in the darkest, dankest place they could find. And they would have them come out of that place of darkness into a place of light 
from death to life, from sin to forgiveness, from darkness to light to be baptized and begin their journey of faith. John argues with Jesus, no, no, no. You should be baptizing me. I can't baptize you. Jesus knows better because it's at baptism that the whole impetus to follow starts. Well, here's the thing, though. If those more contemporary churches make the mistake of letting people think that they've graduated... When they're baptized, we maybe do the opposite thing. Because we baptize you and then we never mention again. And that's a mistake too. Because we must remember our baptism. And some smart aleck out here, probably Jeremy McCammick, is going to stand up and say... Yeah, but I was six months old when I was baptized. I don't remember that. Don't say that. We're remembering in a larger sense of understanding what that word means. We're remembering in the sense that we really literally take on a sense of time and space of us being in the place where that sacred act meant something to us once and to our parents once. And we can regain that sense of holiness that we once had. Yeah, it's the start for us. And then we move on and we forget how magnificent a ritual this is. Don't forget. Don't forget. We practice with communion every month, but we seldom recall our baptism. That's a mistake. So I'm going to invite you in a very holy and sacred moment to join with me as we all reaffirm our baptisms with this ritual that's in our bulletins. Do you have the whole thing on the screen? He has the whole thing on the screen. He's a good man. And, but understand that this is sacred, this is holy, And it's important for us to recall what this means for us as we refresh and renew our own sense of discipleship. Some of you in this room may not be baptized, and that's okay too. This is very similar to the service we use for baptism. And if you want to be baptized or have your kids or your grandkids baptized, we'll be happy to do that. It's important. For you, use this service as a way of understanding what baptism is and what it means. For the rest of us, transport yourself to that place and that time and that sense of the holy. Hear these words from Holy Scripture. Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body 
though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Beloved people of God, our baptism is a sign and a seal of our cleansing from sin and are being grafted into Christ. Through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Christ, the power of sin was broken, and God's kingdom entered the world. Through our baptism, we were made citizens of God's kingdom and freed from the bondage of sin. Let us separate that freedom and redemption through the renewal of promises made at our baptism. I ask you, therefore, once again, to reject sin, to profess your faith in Christ Jesus, and to confess the faith of the church, the faith in which we were baptized. Trusting in the mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Who is your Lord and Savior? Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? With the whole church, let us respond. Let us confess our faith. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Remember your baptism and be thankful. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Vance Memorial Presbyterian Church, remember your baptism and be thankful and know that the Holy Spirit is at work within you. Now this is called casting aspergus. Remember your baptism and be thankful. Remember your baptism and be thankful. Remember your baptism and be thankful. Remember your baptism over here and be thankful. Amen.